Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Thursday, November the 19th, 2015, and our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us, and we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. We're honored and delighted that you're with us today to uh, to share these ancient principles and understandings of just exactly how the world works and our place in the game of life. We've been talking about a little bit the last few days about the perspectives, the worldview that each of us has and how that impacts the perceptual output of the mind, the way that we see absolutely everything. When you recognize that the world that you see does not exist in any way, shape, or form in the way that you see it, that what you see is a construct of your mind that comes from your mind, then the mindset that is at the root of your perception is obviously a very important principle. And, you know, Dr. Tim the other day mentioned this idea of what kind of view we take of the world and how to change our view of the world. Excuse me, Jeannie? Oh, cool. And how we see the world, the first principle for determining or setting the output of the mind is the primary attitude of the mind. You know, Dr. Tim mentioned, as I started to say, uh, Rachma the other day, and what that means, and Rachma in Aramaic is the word that we were told was, you've got to have love for your neighbor, for the creator, and for as for yourself. And we pointed out before on the show, and we'll just briefly talk about that idea, that 
that's a totally incorrect interpretation of that word. It's got nothing to do with loving your neighbor. It's got to do with having a filter set in your mind so that you see through the perceptual filter of love, through the intentional filter of love. There are two different filters in the brain. And then when you begin to really look, instead of through the brainwash of the culture, through the perceptual and intentional filters, frontal lobes of the brain and back of the brain, then you get the opportunity to see the truth of who you are and see from the truth of who you are. So we have this mindset that determines the whole game. In Aramaic, that mindset was called a tuv. The first part of the word in the beatitude, so the word beatitude is tuv, which is an attitude of mind. And you'll notice that we live in a culture that has a pretty degraded view of human life. By and large, if you're not totally a sinner, then you're a chunk of protoplasm that just kind of happened. Not much different than the cow. You just happen to evolve into who you are, and so what? The truth is, if you hold a newborn child, everybody's answer is the same when they describe the essence of the newborn, and that is based in some variation on the theme of love. The truth is, we're made of the stuff called love. And each one that comes into the world has a purpose in the world for expression. Each is unique. You know, there was some, an interesting piece of research that a gentleman did several years ago, and he was researching frequencies that caused plants and vegetables to grow. And he had a visit from an orthonologist, somebody who studied birds. And he's walking this guy through his gardens, and he's playing these different sounds. And this guy, who's very familiar with bird sounds, all of a sudden comes up with, you know, that's, that's the sound of the robin. That's the sound that a bluebird makes. That's the frequency of, and he starts pointing out all these different frequencies. So here are the frequencies, the energies that cause plants and vegetables to grow. And the bird song has a purpose in that. Now, somebody might tell you you're a useless chunk or maybe a useful chunk of protoplasm if you're serving their desires, their goals, and their wishes. The truth is that just like the bird's song, each of us has a purpose in this energy system. And an important part of getting free of the brainwash of the world that doesn't tell you the truth about who you are and doesn't give you a supportive support for a supportive attitude of mind for a human being, when we get stuck in that brainwash, it's difficult to determine purpose. There is a worksheet on our website. And if you go to www.whyagain.org, in the middle of the page, you scroll down a little bit, you'll see a red and white bullseye. If you click on that and then just scroll down through the list, you'll see a purpose worksheet. It's pretty self-explanatory in the way that it works, but it assists one in determining what their purpose is. And once you start to see through your purpose, what you'll find is that once the filters are set, 
the perceptual output of your mind is a servant of purpose. If you think you're a chunk of protoplasm and you should be doing what the king says you should do, then that's the perception that you'll have and you'll be doing what the king says you should do. Oh, let's go kill somebody else. Let's go invade another country, kill more people, more of the cells in your own body. And, of course, the mind doesn't show us that perception. If we listen to Einstein, Einstein says, if you think you're separate or separated from the rest of humanity, you're living in an optical delusion. That separateness is an optical delusion. The truth is we are cells in one body. Kings don't want you to know that because kings can't get you to steal other people's stuff for them. You know, and that's the basic bottom line. You know, if you look at war, that's what it's all about. And so recognizing what your purpose is and bypassing the brainwash of the culture that wants you to go out and spend more money, you know, wants you to think that when the going gets tough, the tough goes shopping, has to be worked around. That worksheet and the workshop Purpose, Personal Power, and Commitment is about working around that brainwash. Once you establish clearly what your purpose is, then your perception will take you in directions that you've perhaps never thought of before. Because all of a sudden, perception, the construct, the output of the mind, which is a servant of purpose, will begin to show you how to achieve that purpose. And the reason why I bring that up in particular today is that I've been processing with and talking with Susan over the last few weeks, and she's just started her third, or her, pardon me, her fourth Laws of Living class in Wilmington, North Carolina. Congratulations, Susan. And the other day she had redone her purpose and i'm not sure susan the first time that you did the purpose exercise but we'd like to hear that and kind of where you were at with it what it looked like to you then and what it means now and then maybe you'd share where you've arrived at with your purpose because it is just extremely powerful and i think extremely inspiring so how are you today young lady i'm doing just fine michael how are you and Jeannie? We are well. We just got back home, and uh, we're out doing errands this morning and still uh, still living in two different places till we get the air conditioning system resolved here, but we're rocking along. That's beautiful. I'm glad. Um, it's a miracle that I can talk, so I just won't go into that, but I'll say Ruka definitely cleared the way so that I could, so here I am. So you're talking about purpose. Cool. The first time I did my purpose was, um, yes, it is, uh, was in 2012. That was my first intensive that July. You had been here in Wilmington, and I had been had your book in my possession since 2003, and this was 2012, and I um, was ready to, to step up to the plate and come to Heartland. So that's what I did, and I think that's the first time I wrote The Purpose, and it was so, um, you know, just to come up with 10 things that I could see about myself that was positive and 10 things that I liked to do was a challenge. So at that first purpose statement, I don't even know where it's at, but I know it was very elementary, I can say that. And this one is really, um, I I kept praying and um, really sitting in meditation. And the last, I think this was written, anyway, I, I did redo it, so I'm going to read it. I'd like to read the primary purpose that we all have first, if that's okay. I'm thinking you're muted, so I'm going to think that it's okay. Um, I have the primary perfect, yes, purpose. please, go for it. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, The primary purpose that we all have, um, that we have on our sheet, is to develop a viable conscious spiritual body, 
to live as love, to improve in wisdom, and to live in contact with eternal truth. So that is the purpose that we all have, and we share that. And then the secondary purpose, um, I'll share that with you. Um, I now use my love of truth, my disciplined, courageous, childlike wonder, my enthusiastic nature and persuasive, charismatic personality to create a prosperous business where I mentor clients by working one-on-one and with groups to follow their hearts, to willingly see, cancel, and reset their goals as we clear and restore the Rachma and Kuba loves, to do sessions long distance over the phone, in person, and to travel to places near and far, teaching classes, leading workshops and seminars, teaching true forgiveness, to create a world where I live, where I work, live, and play, totally supported by the universe on all levels, as I role model a healthy, loving, committed partnership with a devoted, loving, willing man, practicing true forgiveness in our relationship as we teach others to do the same, being abundantly supported financially and on all levels by encouraging others to do their worksheets, still point breathing by teaching the laws of living and communication in relationships, having success with a multitude of people to create heaven on earth, a community of love in my partnership, my relationships, my community, and in the world. That's awesome. That's so powerful. Good breath. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like it's opening another space in you. Yes, I have um, emotion coming up. Well, I hold the space and uh, breathe with you. Yeah, Thank well, I, you. I, Thank you. What I can identify with in what you're saying, and I don't know if that's what your emotion's about, but if it were me, this would be what my emotion would be about, is all that I've wasted when I didn't know. You know, I can think of the early years. I had three businesses. I had 60 employees when I first started doing this work. And if I had a tenth of the money that I've blown when I was in that world, (laughs) things in harmony with my purpose would be so much further ahead. But... I was unconscious and didn't know, so I wasn't doing what it took. And it's just awesome to see you getting on track with your purpose and and bringing that forward into the world. What, if you don't mind sharing with us, what were you doing before you uh, before you got that clear? And, and you know, you're on your fourth laws of living intensive with people. Uh, are you saying what was I doing before I came to my first intensive, or what am I doing? Yes. What was I doing before yeah. I got? Yeah. Okay. I had yeah. um, started in my early years, in my twenties. I'd say eighty-eight, I think it was, um, to go into a twelve-step meeting and um, dancing around those twelve steps for years. Finally, buckling down, I would say in two thousand nine, attending two um, uh, how workshop how twelve-step uh, meetings, which were very disciplined. You had to call your sponsor every day, and I sponsored six people. I spent at least two hours every morning from 6 o'clock to 8 getting my sponsees through 15-minute uh, calls mandatory every day, right on time, disciplined. I mean, if you were five minutes late, you didn't talk. And it was building that discipline. Over two years, I did that. Plus, we had many, many, many uh, commitments during the week to do three outreach calls for 15 minutes a day, every day, and I did a lot more. I did 5,000 minutes on my cell phone 
to uh, to offer myself and everybody else the hope that we could move past addiction and past the pain. Um, and I saw my sponsees relapse time after time after time, and I was promising them that if they did what I said, that they would stay sober, and it wasn't it wasn't manifesting. So anyway, what was manifesting was the pain was greater. And so any when I found when I when you came to Wilmington I said, This is my last straw. I'm gonna totally release the twelve steps, which they were like freaking out, and I am going fully into this work. And when you told me five worksheets a day and I was like, That is nothing. I'm on vacation. <laughs> that was nothing. I couldn't believe I'd been doing four and five hours of stuff a day. So when I finished that first intensive, I came home and I had a list. I was going to do 20 minutes of a DVD every day. I was going to read the commitment to myself every day. I had all this list. I think I had seven things on my list to do every day. And it still wasn't even a tenth of what I was doing in the other programs. And um, at that point, you know, uh, I began to feel relief. I knew the worksheet worked. And my goal was to be a experimental project where I did everything and then I could go back and offer the sponsees that I had sponsored hope that this works. I've tried it. I've tested it. I know it works. I'm better. This, you know, come do this with me. So that, that's where I was. That's my project that I was on. And also I was in a relationship that was back and forth, full of hostility. I was full of fear. Uh, everything I did was irritating. So now I know the hostility filter was set on that person, and the fear filter was definitely set on me, and I stayed, and I kept going back and back and back. So, I mean, and I really wanted that relationship to work. From the bottom of my heart, when I came uh, to Heartland, that was my hope, that I could come out there and get what I needed to do to fix him and fix me and fix us. And, of course, that did not, did not. You know, it's like the things that you say they'll do, they'll either start doing it with you or they'll say it's nice you do it and I don't want any part of it. Or um, I don't want any part of it, and I don't want any part of you. And that was more or less what I got, was that stuff is kooky. I don't want anything to do with it. But I want to tell you, I persevered, and I have done layer after layer, and you at work. I'm grateful for all the support I've had. I know Julie sat on the phone with me many, many times and helped me with the worksheets, and I'm eternally grateful. Marianne, the same way, and if you don't know who I'm talking about, um, anyway, I, I guess you'll you'll learn. But uh, they're powerful people that have been doing this for 30 years, and I'm grateful to have them, uh, and Michael and Jeannie. I mean, I didn't bother them because I felt like such a, you know, I wouldn't dare. But anyway, I did have the radio show, and that was such a blessing to have this radio show every day, and I listen. And, um, you know, when I tell, when I ask my people, do one worksheet a day, that's nothing. Do five worksheets a day. I'm thinking to myself, the benefit is so phenomenal in my life today. How is it today? I have a, a opportunity for a great relationship with a man who's doing the work, and it's incredible, and it is a process, and layers come up, and I have, this morning, I am expanding the business that I've had for 16 years. I've had a business that I have stayed little. I have done the work myself, and I just got my insurance and my workers' comp, and I hired a girl to help me. Now, that is what this work has done for me. It's allowed me to feel good enough about myself that I can show up in the world, that I can be seen, and I, I can be seen, and if anything comes up, I'll, I'll do my clearing around it. 
and also to do the laws of living. That is, I, I talked to Michael on uh, Monday night after, and I was I had been in a process. And anybody who's been in a process, you know what I'm talking about. And I was just treading water right up to my nose. And when I did that class or experienced that class on Monday night, afterwards when Michael called, I was texting him, I'm on cloud a thousand. And in the presence of the love of my group, which is eight people, I was able to burn off, clear, let go of a lot of pain. And it was amazing. And I was thinking, you know, tears of gratitude is what you hear. So I encourage everybody, just do the next right thing, the next right thing. And if resistance come up, I did worksheets on resistance. I did worksheets on any thought that came up that wasn't loving. If I was riding down the road, stopping at a stoplight, writing them on a notepad. When I got home, I had them ready to go for my worksheet. Breathing, I've learned, is very helpful. <laughs> Half my life, I held my breath. I didn't want to feel anything. <laughs> yep. I, I was out of here. I mean, my daughter, literally, when she was in college, and this was the year 2005, I think she graduated, we were at a stoplight, and I gasped for breath so much, so loud that she went, what is wrong with you? And I really literally was not breathing. I was locking down everything continually, continually at that point. So getting this work and coming here and learning that keeping the breath open and moving in and out through the mouth would burn off and release what I was feeling, it's, uh, it's the best thing I've ever seen. It's the best work. It works. And I'm convinced and I'm convincing. <laughs> That's what that I've heard anyway. <laughs> So, um, very cool. I don't know, Michael, if you want me to say anything else, but that's that's really it means a lot to me, and I offer support and love to everyone as they do their work. And it is a process. Now, I'm going to tell you, calling in on this radio show last Friday and connecting with love, and I know there's a lot of being of love out there because my vitality hit a new high, and I was able to clear a major piece of work, major piece of work. And today, I'm on this radio show, and I'm thinking to myself. It's thir- what is it Thursday? Okay, it's almost the weekend. I'm going to probably be hitting another high, and that's okay. Um, whatever comes up, I'm ready and willing to let it go and move forward. So with that, I say thank you for allowing me to share and for being here every day. I'm grateful. Well, that's absolutely awesome, and I acknowledge you for your commitment and the work that you've done because that's a contribution to not just your life and my life into this work, but to the whole world. I mean, it's just monumental. And so, and and to to see the clarity, the shift that comes. You know, I don't know if Jeannie might happen to have her purpose statement handy that she might share it with us. I know she spent three years working on her purpose when uh, when we first connected, and maybe. After the conversation you just did, maybe you just read your purpose to us once more so people get a chance to hear it from the perspective of what you've just shared. And then I'll see if Jeannie will uh, will share hers and, and a little bit about what it took her to get clear on okay. her purpose because it's so important. Wow. Okay. My secondary purpose statement. Wait, wait. Hold on a minute. Go for it, said, At the end of the conversation. We're right in the middle of this conversation. I know, Susan, part of you may want to leave, but you can't go just yet. <clears throat> Good. All right. What, what, one of the things that you said in your uh, testimonials and thank yous was 
that you're so grateful for people who've been doing this work for 30 years, the really strong people who've been doing this work for 30 years. And I just want to say I am very grateful for them, and I'm extraordinarily grateful for the really strong person who's on the phone who's only been doing the work for three years and who is setting a new example and a new level of commitment and a new level of even though some people don't like the word level raising the bar role model to shoot for and i'm not talking about in terms of being a person i'm talking about in terms of application of the tools role modeling that and your strength and your willingness are exemplary and i'm grateful for you wow thank you dr kim you were at my first intensive you've seen me the whole way thank you thank you thank you much gratitude. Thank you for acknowledging me. Thank you. You are welcome, Andrew. Thank you, Dr. Tim. Thank you so much. You're precious. I'm grateful, so grateful for you all being here. Okay. Mm. So I'm going to read this uh, secondary purpose statement. Breathe with me, people. Whew. I now use my love of truth my disciplined, courageous, childlike wonder, my enthusiastic nature, and my persuasive, charismatic personality to create a prosperous business where I mentor clients by working one-on-one and with groups to follow their hearts, to willingly see, cancel, and reset their goals as we clear and restore the Rachma and Kuba love, to do sessions long distance over the phone, in person, and to travel to places near and far, teaching classes, leading workshops and seminars, teaching true forgiveness, to create a world where I work, live, and play, totally supported by the universe on all levels, as I role model a healthy, loving, committed partnership with a devoted, loving, willing man, practicing true forgiveness in our relationship as we teach others to do the same being abundantly supported financially and on all levels by encouraging others to do worksheets, still point breathing, by teaching the laws of living and communication in relationships, having success with a multitude of people, to create heaven on earth, a community of love, in my partnership, my relationships, my community, and in the world. Amen. A woman. Yay. Thank you. Thank That's you. Awesome. Thank you for allowing me to share. It's beautiful. And it is manifesting. And and Rupa is bringing everything I need. And I'm grateful. I live in gratitude. Well, to me, the purpose and the reason when you sent me that, that I asked you to share a little bit about it on the show is that most people live in a world between their ears that is filled with the insanity of the world where people just flounder from place to place to place. I know I've worked with people who in their 60s all of a sudden go, oh, my God, I've wasted my whole life. This is my purpose, and look what I've been doing with my life. So just that simple, we encourage everybody, you know, whatever you do with the work, if you ever do, whatever you do, go to the website, click on the bullseye, go down the list and take out that purpose worksheet to make a copy of it it's really simple the purpose step steps go like this make a list of 10 things 
10 skills or abilities you have that are unique to you. Not that you're the only one with those skills or abilities, but, but you have your own unique way of expressing them. Then 10 things that you enjoy doing. And then your vision of a perfect world. And a perfect world being that world that you knew when you were four or five years of age was possible. And everybody said, oh, that's silly. You can't do that. You've got to get real. You've got to get out your weapons and protect yourself in the real world. Well, that's become the world as people experience it because of the insanity and the lack of true purpose. And so do yourself a favor. Dig that worksheet out. Walk yourself through it. And it's like, it's like having a compass in a land where nobody's had a compass before. And Jeannie, you want to share just a little bit about what, uh, what it took as you got clear and worked through your purpose, how long it took to get clear on? And... Well, uh, actually, you can go to the website, and there's several things that I've got out there. If you click on About Jeannie, I've got uh, some letters that I wrote when I first started uh, doing this work and and figuring out which direction I was going. and So you can read a lot of things on there. My purpose statement's also out there, but it goes like this. I now use my love for learning to search for truth and then use my teaching skills to share my understanding with those whose path I cross. I now use my organizational administrative abilities to serve God, not man. Whether I listen or speak, work or play, wherever I go on this earth, whatever relationships are created, I will stay committed, fully aware, responsible, and connected to God. I will radiate the love in me to be a clear voice to my calling so that my life produces a longing in others to follow in the way of truth, to live for God, and to likewise make a difference. To have such an impact on this planet that would create the shift toward love and truth and harmony as God originally created us to live. And I worked on that. One of the things that I saw is like in the things that I have an ability for, for example, I have a gift to learn very quickly. And so that goes hand in hand with teaching, which is another thing I, I enjoy doing and have a gift for. And so they're not the exact same thing. As you do your purpose, you may have, let's say, the ability to sing and you love to sing. It may be the same same thing in both lists. But then there'll be things that just blend together like a, a glove and a hand. And so taking my ability to learn quickly and then my ability and my love for teaching others. So those go together. And so putting a couple of the things together out of the two lists that fit, that go together, and um, putting those into a sentence format. So at first it was just kind of my list, and then I started forming it into sentences, and then I started adding things. And I probably worked on it off and on for three years just to get it to where it is now. And it's always a work in process. You know, you'd be going along, and sometimes things change in life, and it's like, okay, you know, I need to go this way. But the primary part of the purpose always stays the same. And so then once you have that, then you start looking at all your goals, all your uh, choices, uh, and see does that serve that purpose. And then that helps keep you on track. Awesome. Thank you, sweetie. And I know that for me personally, 
you know, as I said earlier, I had three businesses, 60 employees, and I thought that the purpose of life is he who dies with the most toys wins. And then I discovered that he who dies with the most toys is dead. <laughs> that really isn't much of an option. And started to look at what I was really doing and what it was really all about. And once I got clear on what my purpose was, because once again, and here's a really key piece of the puzzle, perception follows purpose. So once I get clear on what my purpose is, then my perceptual mind, the the construct that my mind creates to guide my behavior then is led by my true purpose rather than willy-nilly, well, my great-grandfather said I should do this and my teacher said I should do that and blah, 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 blah. It's like getting to the truth of who we are is half of the game, and it changes everything. So we're here to support those changes. Tim, do you have anything else to add to this whole idea of purpose and where we're going with this particular conversation today? Are you still with us, Tim? Yeah, oh, I had uh, to. Uh, oh, I had, I had to step onto another call real quick. There, oh, I'm here. Sure. Okay. You, you asked ask me if you had any other thoughts uh, in regard to the conversation purpose. Well, the, the the biggest thought that I have, and that most people run into every time I'm presenting this, is it seems so awkward. And it's different things for different people. Some people have a very difficult time coming up with 10 things they're naturally good at. Others have a hard time figuring out 10 things they like to do. And others have a very hard time, as you talk about it, Michael, getting into that utopian vision because we're so conditioned to think small, as Susan was talking about earlier. And I just have to recommend to people, play with it. One of my biggest difficulties in goal-setting exercises uh, throughout the years and, um, and this, you know, secondary purpose, my original difficulty was to just let myself go play with it. I had this thought that when I wrote something down, then I would be committed to it, and then what if I got it wrong and I didn't want to get it wrong? So I hesitated for quite a while when I was first presented with this tool. And then I finally grudgingly hammered out what I thought was going to be my purpose. But I gave myself permission to keep going back to it. And I think when you talk about it, you introduce it and you say, keep going back and work with it for at least six months. And so I would pull it out every other week and read it. And it morphed quite a bit in that first six months. And then I let it sit for a year or two, and I pulled it back up again. And I went to another kind of a training, an eight-week training on um, prosperity and using different tools for staying focused in positive uh, affirmations and things like that, and reevaluating my vision and my vision statement. So I blended the vision statement from that with my secondary purpose, and it went to a whole different level. And that gave me, you know, two years, three years later, 
I had a whole different level of permission within myself to let it morph and let it take on more of what was an organic process within me. And I, I discovered after like three years into it and I redid my secondary purpose, I had hidden from myself how much I was trying to make this something that other people would see as good. So it took another turn and another evolution. So I just, you know, my input would be just give yourself permission to play with it. Tim, I hadn't thought of it in these terms, but it seems that the average for people who actually work with it to really get clear on at least a, a solid base for their purpose is about three years. And, you know, you've heard me say before you know, over the years, and some people go, what? That before somebody starts to make really deep gut-level changes, they're looking at five to ten years. That the surface mind makes its changes fairly quickly, but that deeper level, and I'm realizing that that clarity of purpose is really a key in, you know, it's kind of like that's the engine underneath it all. <laughs> and... Uh, is so important and that's why it takes time because having to clear the brainwash of, you know, oh, you're supposed to make money, you're supposed to keep these people happy, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do all the stuff of the culture. So that's, uh, that's great input. Thank you. I, I hadn't looked at it from that perspective, but that's probably one of the uh, key reasons for taking that five years to really start making those deeper gut level changes. So thank you for that input. And uh, Susan, do you have any other thoughts? You still with us? Anything to add? And you know, I, I think you've uh, you've just completed in Laws of Living the purpose session, right? Actually, no, we uh, we didn't. We've just got through session one. I'm I'm a little bit more. Um, I ah, okay. I was gonna. Um, yeah, I'm pacing myself a little bit more since it's holiday time. Ah, you know, that was my agreement cool. okay. with everybody. So yeah, I don't know what session that is, but I do know that it's one of my favorites. You know, yeah, session two. So beautiful thing. This is perfect review <laughs> to uh, to get oh, ready for session good. two. Yeah, yeah, that's what's that's coming up in the next class then. Yeah, and is. I text everybody that I was going to be on today, hoping everybody in the class to at least listen to this. So hopefully they're on, um, and they'll look it up on the website. It was powerful. Thank you, Jeannie, too. Um, it was great. Thank you for allowing me to share. And um, my life is so incredible today. And like we've said before, uh, the stuff surfaces now, and it surfaces uh, intense. It's big. It moves quickly. And where it used to take me like 10 or 15 worksheets to get through something, it might take me two or three now. And I'm, I'm back to a, space, a good space of love connected. And this morning, I did a worksheet about 5 o'clock. I asked Ruka, I prayed. I don't know where our time is, but I asked Ruka to um, give me insight on how to move through uh, my next this next layer just to move it and I did a worksheet during the middle of the night and I woke up this morning so connected to love it was beautiful I posted on Facebook that I was sending all my friends and family love with a um, uh, a quote that was on the Facebook page so it was just like I was I just woke up so connected it was beautiful so that's the gift of this work is to um, once you've done a lot, it seems like, and I like to believe, it is more intense. I'll have to say the levels coming up now are core levels of clearing. 
and they're very intense, and um, I appreciate all the support that I'm getting. And when they move, the connection to spirit and to love is so strong that intuition is right on, and that's the gift. You know, I tell everyone when you live on the left-hand side of the board, connected to love, you have your highest intelligence, you know, what to say, where to go, what to do. And we want to clear what's on the right-hand side of the board because I have made some of my most regretful decisions and behaviors when I was in hostility and fear. And another thing that I've realized is that when I'm raging or when I'm angry, when I feel angry, when I'm looking angry, when I'm acting, is I am really either afraid or or I've hit a level of sadness. And it's so uncomfortable that I'm turning to the drug of rage to mood alter it. And if you'll offer me an olive branch as far as any support of love, I'll drop that into, and I'll drop into exactly like you say, I'll drop into that fear or I'll drop into that sadness and I'll realize that I'm just really running from the pain that's underneath the rage. That's why they say a bully, if you can ever get him for a moment to drop that rage, he's right in his stuff. And so I notice that about myself. Um, so when I get to a place where I see the hostility, I'm like, okay, Susan, what's really going on? You know, what's what's really underneath that? Because we know this is just a drug. So anyway, that's my offering. I'm done. Thank you so much. I'll go back to doing what i got to do next. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, I've been talking with Gail about doing the show, or maybe two, on the 12 steps. She's uh, really done a lot of work in that regard in, uh, we were actually going to do it a couple of weeks ago, and we just got so busy at uh, at Heartland that it just didn't happen. But uh, I'll put it out there now, and maybe we can gather more around the whole 12-step thing, how it relates, how we can support people in 12-step programs and taking it to the next level. And uh, I'll get back. I don't know if Gail might be on the show. I know she's been working some unusual hours. But uh, we'll just see it uh, keep moving forward. And, you know, as you mentioned, the drug of rage, it's interesting. Uh, we, you know, we've been starting early in the morning. We're, we're living in two different places. We're staying in a motel about 45 minutes from where the house is that we're going to be uh, occupying once we get the air conditioning results. So we've been going back and forth, and we've been starting early, early in the morning. And then, you know, five or six o'clock, okay, we've had enough, and we're, we'll go out and grab something to eat because we really don't have food prep facilities. And... Uh, and uh, then we've been catching a movie and interesting film. If you haven't seen it yet, another one that fits really well is uh, called Burnt. And it's a story about a chef who is a two-star chef in France and, you know, like top of the line. Uh, Michelin has this rating system for chefs and, you know, two stars is like you are like the Rolling Stones is to the music industry and he gets off into cocaine and alcohol and women and just goes crazy and destroys it all. And and then he spends, he gives himself a task to do. He ends up in New Orleans and what he does, and I won't spoil the movie, um, and what he does is he gives himself the task of shucking a million oysters. I mean, here's his top chef, and he's working in a, an oyster bar in New Orleans, and he literally keeps track in a little book. And the day he finishes his millionth oyster shucking, he then goes back to New York, and he's going to get his third star. And he's like, he goes to the guy he used to work for. I've been clean, and I've been sober for two and a half years. I don't touch a drop of nothing. 
And then, of course, you watch the stress build. He doesn't touch the alcohol or what have you. But you watch the fits of rage. His his new drug, he thinks he's clean and sober, but his new drug is rage. And it's such a powerful display. And then, and if you watch it carefully, you can watch the point at which he finally tells the truth. It's after one of his friends gets a little vengeance and gets even with him that he's able to then sof- soften. And you can just watch him just soften when this happens. I mean, it's something that he should be enraged about if he's ever going to do rage. And he stops and he laughs and he says, I started this. I deserved this. He told himself the truth about it. And there's his climb up out of the rage and back into life. It's just, it's another beautiful scenario that's being presented to us of exactly how all of this works. And uh, <clears throat> pretty cool. So if you haven't seen Bert yet, uh, fabulous demonstration of the principles. One more time. Cool. Well, Dr. Tim, anything else to share? Any other thoughts? Well, I if if we hadn't had such a fabulous um, intro and work with Susan, what I was going to talk about today was the power of introducing these tools to people in their single digits. You know, even mm. before they become teenagers. And I've been blessed in the past couple of weeks with several stories of people that are right at the teen level and preteen, and they've either been making use of breathing and tapping or goal canceling or the combination of the two and working with parents of children that age where the parents are finally getting the idea that it is so much more powerful than lecturing their children if they get to see the parents when the parents are triggered and the parents stop and step back and take a breath and say, I just need to breathe. My stuff is up. I'm going to do some tapping. We'll finish the conversation in a minute. The power of that to influence these young minds and the benefits is it's just a blessing for me to be hearing that. And that was what I was going to offer as a theme for things that have been going on in my practice recently. Well, I think, uh, Tim, that really just picks up uh, to another perspective on exactly what we're talking about because what we've been, you know, to me, what we've been talking about so far is people who haven't had that when they were young and what we've had to go through because we didn't have that. I mean, I, I, I think, and, you know, especially when I watch a, a four or a five-year-old do a worksheet with help, but they're able to successfully do a worksheet and, and it's just like, Oh my God, if I'd have had this when I was five, how different would this whole game of life been? So I think you're right on there. And if we can encourage people, yes, instead of sitting around trying to figure out what's wrong with their children and lecture them and punish them and do all the stuff that people do to uh, to have the tools to share them. And one of the things that always amazes me, even with young children when they take this, is 
the 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 way the genius of each individual once they're exposed to the truth what their genius does with it always amazes me and right down to the youngest people i remember one year we we had a a kid who when we were introduced to him was most people would have categorized him as a holy terror an angry, rageful, abusive little kid who, if there was a label in the, the educational system for ADD, behavior disorder, blah, blah, I mean, he had the whole list. And his family and he started to do worksheets. And after about two years, this kid was one of the, and, and this, he started out, I think, when we first met, it was maybe five and a half or six. And his father actually spent a year at Heartland on the support team to do his work was working with the family, especially with Laws of Living, the class that uh, that uh, Susan's teaching now. And and then working with the kids, working with the family. And the next year, his mother came and did a year on the support team. Well, Dad took care of the kids. And they would come over and visit. And we were doing an intensive, and there are three or four kids there. And they're off in one corner of the heart center. If you're familiar with the layout, uh, it's L-shaped. And the kids are off, you know, out of the way. And... Uh, I wasn't even aware that this young man was listening, but somebody in processing the intensive said something about how somebody made them angry. And this little guy who's now seven and a half, eight years of age pipes up. I mean, I didn't even know he was listening, but he pipes up and, uh, like instantly when this person talks about how somebody made him angry, this little guy pipes up and says, well, just this morning, oh, these are Ozark kids, remember, but just this morning, my sister, she bringed up my anger. <laughs> you know, here's this guy who knows at seven and a half years of age that he's responsible for his anger, and yes, his sister triggered it, but it's his. I mean, and and he offers to an adult who doesn't have a clue a correction, and I was like I was shocked. It's like, well, 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 what did you do then? I just asked my mother for a worksheet. I mean, it's these kids would naturally come up with purpose in mind because the world wouldn't be blocking it out with their insanity. So, you know, I think it's a perfect topic to uh, to step into next. Awesome. Very cool. Well, anything else to offer in that regard? No, I think it's it's a good idea to. We've got you know maybe even eight minutes left to see if there's anybody on on the call with a hand up. Let's go for it, Jeannie. Anything happening in the chat room to be aware of, or anybody out there with a hand up in the phone queue? Nobody has a hand up, and the chat room is quiet. Um, I had a couple things that uh, just kind of popped in my head as you all were talking about purpose earlier, and and um, something Dr. Tim said made me think, you know, and I've run into people, too, that can't think of ten things that they're good at or ten things that they enjoy doing. So ask other people the people that know you the best, your friends, your family, you know, what am I good at? What do I, what do you think I, you know, do good at, at do, you know, that I'm good at doing or whatever? Because they'll come up with things that you just thought was just, you know, oh, well, that's just typical day stuff. But yet 
it's actually a gift that you've been given. You know, it could be just listening to other people. Uh, one of the big things that when I was doing this exercise with my son was that he has an awesome ability to, uh, with people, just interacting, whether it's a child or a 100-year-old or whatever. He just has this personality that he can fit in with their conversation and support them and sometimes just smile. And, you know, that's a gift. A lot of people don't have that. But he just thinks of it as, you know, that's just who I am and doesn't think of it as being a gift. So ask other people around you if you can't come up with ten things. And then the other thing that I thought of, and it's something I don't even remember now what it was you said, Michael, but, yes, doing writing down your purpose statement and making sure that it's really your purpose because a lot of people will attempt to word it so that it's what somebody else wants to hear or what they, you know, what would fit their purpose. Like, you know, if you... Um, even if there's two of you that are, are working in the same direction and, and you know, uh, you may have a tendency to want to word your purpose to be what they would want you to be instead of being true to yourself. And so that's another thing that needs to be included is that you're really completing this worksheet from you, that it that it's yours. That was Tim's comment that uh, that I think opened that for you. But yeah, right on. It's uh, it's so important. And the beauty is that you know, just like people get drawn together, we oftentimes say in relationships through their matching bags of garbage. We can also be drawn together with someone through our matching beauty and purpose and complementing each other in ways that just makes the world work on on a whole other level. And so that, of course, is what we're here to support and to bring forward in the world and you know just you, you, if this is new to you this may sound like well gee kind of an outrageous conversation but you just can't underestimate the power of having this compass you know you hear about people who get lost in the woods i've watched people lost 50 60 years and then they cry in frustration because oh my god how much time i've wasted what i could have should have been doing and of course the beauty is that once you've got the tools then you've got them for eternity so there's eternity to unfold them so it's it's pretty awesome and if you are interested and ready to take your work to the next level we do have two intensives coming up in florida in february february 1st we're going to start a nine-day codependence to interdependence communication practicum that'll start on february the 1st and then that nine-day will turn into a 16-day for people who want to intensify and take it still further. And then we'll be stepping into a 16-day um, a laws of living, which if you're, if you're looking to uh, shift the work you're doing in the world, that you want to do something different as Susan's doing. Uh, you know, she didn't mention it at this point, but you know, she's shared with me before that it's creating a nice income stream for her and support for moving away from the things that are out of alignment with purpose into really truly fulfilling purpose and it's pretty awesome to do so we're honored to be here to support you and to uh if there's anything you know that we can do to, to open the space to clarify the ideas that's the purpose of this show and we've got just a couple of minutes left so there would be time for a quick question but we're down to just the last I don't know, two and a half or three minutes. So 
perhaps it's going to be a little tight with time for another question. But I will offer so, that if you're ready to do your work. Oh, go ahead, Jeannie. I was just going to say, so it might be a good time to put our commercial in. You know, we put out the I'll other day it. that if anybody, um, you know, either wanted to do the intensive and was just putting it off, you know, we are running into all kinds of issues on this trip, and we've already had to pay to rent the facility where we're going to do the intensive. So income would be great um, and and very much useful right at this time. So if you were already going to uh, do the intensive, if you'd go ahead and register with uh, at least a, a partial payment or whatever, that would help us. And, you know, uh, or if the work has been beneficial to you and you want to just make a donation. We don't normally ask for money, but um, it's kind of like we're at a point. You know, somebody the other day said, I didn't think that you were going to do any workshops, that you were just going to sit and write. But we still have to send money out for different things, and so we have scheduled a couple of things just to have an income. So if there are people out there in the listening world who could support us, that would keep us in one place so we could do what our intention is and we wouldn't have to go out and do something else. Okay. Good thoughts, sweetie. Good thoughts. So if uh, if you're thinking about doing that intensive, we would appreciate it if you'd register sooner rather than later. That would be awesome. And or uh, next summer, we've uh, we've got a full schedule out there at this point, and that'll be, uh, I think we've got 68 days scheduled. So if you'd like to be joining us in uh, in Heartland this summer, we're at Heartland. You could look at that schedule, and we do have a uh, an offering for the Heartland intensives of um, of ten DVDs free with registration for any intensive this summer. And that would be a an actual full time residential intensive. It that offer wouldn't apply to things like the Food Fund Forgiveness Work Work Week, but or ten days, but uh, if you're listening to the show and you register for an intensive for this summer, we'll include not only the 15 DVD or the 10 DVDs, but we'll add the other five. We've got a total of 15 right now. So we'll give you a full set of 15 DVDs and invite you to take them and go to work with them. Start listening to Ms. Susan said, well, 20 minutes a day, just build, build the brain cells, build the brain cells, build the brain cells, and it will say new things to you every time. And so if you uh, are inclined to do that, get in touch with us, and we'll get it set up. And in the meantime, we invite you to create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world and yourself. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. sleep.